All right, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Money Barrel. This week, Kaylee got a chance to sit down with Kylie Wiest. Kylie comes from a long line of respected horsemen, barrel racers, and pioneers in the barrel racing industry. Alongside her sisters, she has become one to watch when she runs down the alley on a fraternity colt or on one of her rodeo horses. From winning at the fraternities to winning round 10 at the NFR, Kylie shared her story on how she balances being a wife and mom of two with being a barrel race horse trainer, and her thoughts on keeping mentally ready to compete are some of the best we've got to share. This week's episode is brought to you by Fortitude Equine. The folks at Fortitude Equine are hemp experts as well as very competitive performance horse owners who are always looking for something that will give their horse the competitive advantage and help with stress of travel and competition. Because of this, they created an all-natural, full-spectrum pelleted hemp supplement that contains naturally occurring CBD to help your equine athlete with recovery from tough workouts and the stress of competition, as well as chronic inflammation, pain, gastric problems caused by stress and anxiety of traveling, as well as an overall balancing effect for nervous and anxious horses without the dullness that comes from giving drugs. Hemp is also a great source of amino acids, omega-3, and 6 fatty acids, as well as a great dose of CBD. Fortitude Equine guarantees 5% CBD by weight in its pellets, while most comparable products contain 1% or less. They can do this because all of the hemp used in Fortitude is grown in-house or by a small network of hand-picked farms who you can trust to grow the best product possible. The best part about CBD in Fortitude is that there is no chemical extraction process, only raw, all-natural, and organically grown hemp is used in this product. This is the best CBD product available for horses, bar none. Try it for yourself and see. Use code MONEYBARREL10 for 10% off your first order. All right, Kylie, you're up. Take it away. This is The Money Barrel. Really excited this morning. One of our most requested guests to get on the podcast is Kylie Wiest, and we are having the chance to talk to her. So thank you for joining me this morning. Thanks for having me. Like I said, we've been so excited to get you on. Um, Obviously, you have had a lot of success in your career, but your family has also, you know, revolutionized the sport. So why don't we just start, you know, telling us a little bit about you know, your family and how you grew up and got into barrel racing? Well, I don't, I didn't know any different. <laughs> so my grandfather, Gail and Florence, uh, my grandmother, Florence, uh, Yuri, um, I guess they just started on old roping horses, ranch horses. They kind of got into the barrel racing. They'd go to a rodeo. My granddad would calf rope. My grandmother would run barrels or whatever they sometimes they didn't have barrels so they would like stick tanks out there they may they may have four of them at one point and my grandfather was like there's ways to be faster at this and so he started kind of you know studying it and just completely started training these ranch horses to do things a little quicker and he kind of pinpointed the inside rein and thought hey you know if we do this then their body shapes a little bit and it gets them in position to make this turn a little easier on them and then that's where it started and of course they started my grandmother was president of the GRA back then and then they she was a president of the BFA and my granddad trained fraternity cults and then my dad married my mom my mom had gone to the NFR in 85 they got married and 77 I believe and he was 
he got hurt and broke his neck. And so he came back to the ranch and started riding bell horses where underneath my granddad. And so that's when it took off for him too. So my dad was a great fraternity horse trainer. And then of course they had three girls, Janae, Cassie, and myself. And we really did not know any different. This is just the way of life. So you, you know, your, your dad and your mom were trainers. Do you guys all live on the same property or do you live close together? Like, was it just every single day you got to grow up riding with each other? Oh, funny story. Um, it's not really funny, but it's kind of ironic at this point in our lives. Um, the ranch is sets on this big hill and my parents live as the crow flies about a quarter of a mile maybe not even so we grew up with this ranch right here we could come to the barn anytime any day and when we were in grade school and you know junior high and high school and we were doing sports and everything we would come home from school and the horses would be saddled and that's what we did we came home from school we rode three or four head apiece we did what we needed to do we tied a goat and we um set up a little lane in our little indoor barn we roped you know, calves, and we were done by six o'clock at night, had dinner, and went to bed, and that was our everyday routine. So it was really, really easy access. However, now that we've gotten older, um, we all went to college and we did our things, and we got married, and we have children, and we got to the point where, you know, our grandparents were getting a little older, and Janae actually lived in Comanche for a while, which is just 10 miles north, and I lived on the other side of Comanche, east of town. When I was about 15 miles from the ranch and, you know, everybody gets to walk out their backyard and go to their barn, most likely, and, you know, can put blankets on and feed their horses and everything. Well, the ranch being the hub and where we ride our horses, like I don't get to run out to the backyard. So, you know, I just, my husband and I bought a house and when you, you know, came in from a jackpot, it was another 15, 20 minutes to get back to the house and you know, and then kids showed up and I thought, my goodness, you know, if I have kids on in board, you know, we've got to go back to the house and things just started kind of getting inconvenient. And same with Janae too. And so it's been about a year and a half, well, two years ago, my sister Cassie, she thought, uh, I think we're going to, I think we're going to build out here at the ranch. And so they built and then it was about a year later Janae, she sold her place and thought, I think we're going to build out here on the ranch. So they got that done. And by the time they were in last November, Jay, my husband and I had started plans and we were starting on our build out here on the ranch. So all three girls have moved out here. We've all built houses. We are now um, in side by side range like we can drive our side by sides to each other's houses. You can't walk over, you know, and and send the casserole over. You know, you can't walk to each other's doors like that. But side by side range, we can get to everybody's houses and um everybody's just right here. And it's so awesome. And we think about it all the time and about two percent of the time we're like, Ooh, Maybe we live a little close. We might have should have thought this through. But the other 98% of the time, we're so thrilled that we're all here together. We meet up at this house, at this ranch every morning. We all ride together. Um, if I need a babysitter, you know, 
I call my mom or Janae or Cassie and somebody's here and it's wonderful. And I get, I get to, you know, our kids get to grow up together too. So that's even better. Oh, that's so cool. And it's like, you guys gave it a chance moving away. You (laughs) you tested the regular world out and it's like, uh, no, we got to come back to where it started. Yes. And the bottom line is, is, my sisters are my very best friends and we talk about it all the time about how we don't have any friends but we're all kind of loners in our own ways and um dadgummit we just are best friends and we just soon hang out with each other than anybody hey you know it may it works that way so i wanted to ask how, I mean, obviously, you just kind of said you guys are best friends, but growing up with two sisters and one of them being your twin, I mean, did that make things harder at times, easier at times? You know, how did, did you guys ride each other's horses or did you just kind of stick with your own? I mean, tell us kind of how it worked keeping three girls mounted out at uh, the ranch. That's probably a better question for my mom and dad, but I know my mom has spoken of it many times, and it was it was a not a it was just a big chore at all times to keep us all three mounted. However, my dad and granddad were always thinking ahead and thinking, okay, I'm going to train this horse for Janae, and so that's when you know Janae had Cole and Cole and Mister Billy Jim, and we had Doll's Little Bully, and those were all fraternity horses of my granddads and dads, and they were making them for us girls so in that aspect we were pretty much always mounted um as far as growing up with sisters doing the same thing and pressure my parents never put that kind of pressure on us we were all great in our own ways according to them and they never failed to let us know our best attributes and my twin sister cassie she is a natural at everything she does. She is an all-state gymnast. I, we were both all-state gymnasts as young young girls, but she was just she was first every time. Like she was just awesome at it. And then she went on to all-state in basketball. And you know, I started with her on the basketball team. And all I knew to do was get the ball to Kylie, but you know, or get to get the ball to Cassie. And um, honestly, my my job was just as important as Cassie's, but she, you know, she got the points and everything and everything came just so easy to her and has continued to be easy for her. But I mean, she worked so hard. We all three worked so hard um, to do better for this sport, to do, do better for our children. You know, mm-hmm. um, priorities have changed now, but the pressure of having two sisters that were great at everything they did um, was not an issue at all. And I'm happy to say that because my parents never put that kind of pressure on us. And I'm sure, you know, if you're having problems, you have another set of eyes that have seen everything and, you know, can kind of bounce ideas off of each other. That's the best part about this is, um, for lack of better terms, um, Cassie and I will be up here and we're like, hey, I'm going to trade I'm going to trade you for a week or, you know, trade your crap for my crap. And then, you know, by day three, that crap's not, not, not crap anymore because Cassie (laughs) has seen something completely different in this horse, you know, or, you know, vice versa. And, and 
goodness, you know, by the end of the week and, and with some different hands and, and gestures and, you know, cues and everything, this horse is kind of like, oh, I can do this. And so it's it's amazing that we can all come out here and and ride each other's horses if we need to. If it's just like, hey, jump on this horse real quick. I got to see what he's doing on that second barrel. Like, we do it. I, I just want to be a, like a fly on the wall, like out in the arena, watching like these masterminds go to work <laughs> together. It's funny we talk about it all the time. We have we have clinics um, at least once a week, and I can you know I'll see Cassie doing something and be like, wait a minute, just a minute. Now what did you feel right there? And she'll tell me. I'm like, okay, what if you feel this? And then my mom will come down here and uh discuss it with us and be like we understand what you're feeling Kylie but and you know but Cassie feels this and and you know let's try this and that we have clinics every week I love it that is so cool when did you start training your own like fraternity horses and you know kind of start hauling for for other people and you know getting into the professional ranks pretty much right off the bat or you know did you do anything besides barrel racing no um you know we all went to college and we all three got degrees my parents you know wanted us to have degrees and um expected expected that out of us and we did it and we all went on rodeo scholarships so that was great but out of college Janae was for me Janae at the time was working for Judd Little and she had like 10 head of horses here and I came out of college and really didn't have a place in life and uh Janae asked Judd was like hey can I can I use Kali you know and help me lope and do whatever and she had let me on a couple of them and uh, you know, I would, I'd make decent horses out of them. And I just, I knew I needed to do my own thing and God had plans too. So Raymond Hollenbaugh called me. I, you know, he was my rodeo coach at Tarleton and he said, I'm working for this man down here in Hondo, Texas, Stan Sigmund, Namgus quarter horses. And he's wanting to know a little bit more about barrel horses. And with all of your knowledge and your mother's and your grandparents' knowledge, he would like to talk to y'all. So he flew his little plane down here and picked up me and my mom. We flew back to Hondo, Texas, and we spent the day with him. And I rode like 14 head of horses that day. And by the end of that day, he was like, well, Kylie, would would you like a job? And I said, yes, that'd be great. And we started with eight head of three-year-olds. And he sent them down the next week, and that's where it all began. And that was about... 10 years ago I believe maybe maybe 11 or 12 by now and that's where it all started and I've continued with Namgus um since and I've still got uh six or seven head here today for Namgus but that's where it started and then we you know on the side we were raising our own horses and that's where hell on the red came and so that, you, that's where it started you guys raised hell on the red or ready for those that are listening yes Yes. Oh, well, I can't wait to to tell her story. Um, So, and I remember seeing that, like, like Namgus D37. Isn't that Wolfie? Um, Uh, Wolfie's D115. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, Chongo's D33. Pop is D35. Like, everybody was kind of shocked at all those numbers at one point. And um, I was like, and I told him that he was wanting to change the names and everything. I said, and Stan, I said, 
if it's a good horse, they'll remember the numbers. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that's so that's where the numbers are (laughs) came from. I love it. And I love that. I mean, explain a little bit about like their breeding and their style, because I feel like they are a bit different than a lot of, you know, the brand name barrel horses. But I mean, obviously, you just rattled off multiple winners um, so they can do it. Yeah, he had the stud Bucks Hancock dude. And I actually rode him that day. He had when I went down there, he had been off for like a year, and I just jumped on him, and I thought, my goodness, this is the coolest thing I've ever rode. And he was, you know, sup- superior calf horse. I mean, he was a horse, I mean, they horse showed on him, and he was great, but he was also into the racehorses. So he had these AAA mares sitting there, and he thought to himself, well, if I breed this good mind on these fast racehorses, what are we going to get? And he got outstanding using horses and then when he sent them to me we kind of tapped into the potential and started this you know bell racing adventure and turns out it was a good you know good cross and and good business strategy for stan yeah absolutely i mean they they just keep winning today so when you took the fraternity horses and you started, you know, going back and forth to the rodeos with them, I mean, tell us a little bit, like, what do you enjoy about both sides of the industry or, you know, what do you prefer better and how did you make that adjustment once you started, you know, riding for others and, you know, transitioning to the rodeo side too? That's a hard question because I think it depends on the point of your life you're in. When I rodeoed, I had been fraternitying for a while, and I had Reddy in the trailer, and she had won a couple fraternities, and we thought, cool, you know, I think she would make a rodeo horse, and we went to Denver, and she did well in Fort Worth, and San Angelo, and we thought, okay, this is really cool, but at the same time, I had fraternity horses, and I, and a, and a one-year-old, my little boy, Marcus, and, you know, I think if you're for me, if I would have been a little younger, I would have probably gone after it um, more than one year. You know, I only did it one year and got there, and I can say I did it. Um, but I, I was also I was also 10, 15 pounds lighter than I am today. <laughs> um, so um, it has its ups and downs. The rodeo world is great for some people, but at this point in my life, I'm a homebody. I've always been a homebody. I like to go somewhere for four or five, six days to a fraternity and come home. And if I can take my kids with me, that's even better. So at that point in my life, I had one little boy and he wasn't in school and me and mom could go. And on the fraternity side of things, I had Cassie here. And that was that's another thing is Mr. Sigmund was so good about it. I was like, hey, I'm going to leave for a week and go to this on this Kansas run. Cassie's going to ride these horses for me. He'd be great, you know. And nowadays, priorities have changed. Marcus is in pre-K. He's likes to wrestle. He's going to play t-ball this spring. Things are changing. I like to be home. I like to see the progress in these babies and and be home. I, I love my husband, you know, and I like that. I, I really, I really like hanging out with him. So I like to be home. Yeah, I think sometimes, I mean, rodeo sounds fun and exciting. And then 
you actually do it and you're like, sometimes it's not that fun and exciting unless you're in that mindset. If you're in that mindset, like you're good, you you're good to go. You have to be in the mindset. You absolutely have to be in the rodeo mindset. And if you're winning, of course it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> that helps too. Absolutely. So tell us um, a little bit about Ready. And I, I guess I didn't even realize that you guys had raised her, but um, I think everybody listening to this podcast probably knows who Hell on the Red is. Um, she's phenomenal to watch, but I've also heard some stories about how she probably wasn't the easiest horse. No, we we owned her mama and we raised her. And as a three-year-old, I tried to sell her for 7500 and they backed out and I was like, dang it, I'm going to have to ride her. And uh, we sent her to the horse breaker, you know, as a two-year-old and put 90 days on her and we brought her back. And I didn't, I just didn't think I could handle her. So we sent her back for another 90 days. And she came, so she went to the horse breaker twice and we came back and I pulled a Dale Urey and he would have just camped out on one and, and miles and miles and I would, she's the first horse I saddled and the last one I unsaddled. And some days I'd get her twice and in between I'd go tie her to a tree and come back and get her. And I broke her a little bit, you know, like just, just broke her in general, not, not around the pattern or anything, but I had to break her spirit a little bit because she was, she was waspy. Um, and she never has never bucked with me one day. I mean, never. But it, she was so fly that she would see something and kind of get out from under you. And I had to be careful. And she had to be tired. And she's 10 this year, and she still has to be tired. Um, I can say all the terrible things about her and all the quirks about her. And there were times I, you know, and there's still times that I ace her before I put her in the trailer. And it's not because she kicks the trailer, because she does. But it's because when the cars go by her, she she backs up, you know, and so I never put the window down on her. She's always got a fly mask on to try to, um, you know, have something between her and the vehicles going by and she's just that way. And still to this day, you know, she stays saddled a good two or three hours before a run. She just, it has that mentality and it's probably why she'll be great when she's 15 or 16. And that's kind of why I wanted to ask because, you know, I've I've heard about how, you know, she can be difficult or stuff. But, like, you figured out how to make it work. And oh, yeah. obviously, like, she won as a fraternity horse. Did you run her as a four-year-old or a five-year-old? Five-year-old. And so she she won as a fraternity horse and then she went on to the rodeos. She won at the rodeo. So, like, obviously things were working. But, like, some people might have just been like, nope, she she's not going to make it. She can't do it. And Clearly yeah, can. a lot of, yeah, a lot of people probably wouldn't, if they had to deal with her, they probably would quit. Um, but that's okay because she's mine and, and nobody else is going to have to deal with her. Um, I, I don't know what to tell you there. You know, you can't tire on the side, you can't tire on one side of the trailer that, or you can't turn the generator on when, when she's tied up, you have to, you know, turn the generator on and then tie her up or she'll pull back. You just know these little things. You find out the quirks, you work around them. But at the same time, as a horseman, there's a limit. And I've had my limit with her on so many occasions. And there has to be respect put back in 
and before the American, that, um, actually before the second round of the American and I ran her in the, to get in the, you know, the top 30 or whatever, mm-hmm. I whipped her out. I whipped her out and I was in the back talking to Siri Ward and I said, oh, Siri, I whipped her out. And she said, what are you, you know, what are you talking about? And I said, I'm going to have to go to the round pin tomorrow. And this because I got her heart pumping so much that I knew I was going to have to bring her back down. And so the next day we went to the round pin and she about ran herself to death in the round pin. And then we came in here and, and I had to get her behind the bit again and let her know to respect me. And so I had to prepare for the next run and I put the good run back in is what my papa would say. And that's exactly what, you know, what we do. That's amazing. And you just have to know her. Yeah. I mean, really, truly know your horse and how to keep her going. Yeah. What uh, made you think that she was going to be a rodeo horse or, you know, just be able to handle it? Obviously, she's tough and gritty. And so did you just think, like, runs and traveling was just going to kind of suit her personality if you could keep her together? Yes. And that was the biggest deal was keeping her together. But she and, and she stayed together. But I knew how to keep her together. And. I think that's the biggest difference in horsemen and barrel racers. That is the difference, is if you can keep a horse together or not. So I knew, honestly, we just were testing the waters. We went to Denver, and she did okay. And, you know, there's a story that was written, and I can't even remember, Bell Horse News or something back in the day about Ready at Denver. And she made a terrible run. The first round she was long and but i had lost respect and so she stayed saddled for, i was up t- twice in one day she stayed saddled all day and she, she by by the second run i went you know i won the round and i went and found a trash barrel on a cement slab back there in the back at denver you know there's so much room to warm up back there <laughs> yeah there's so much and, room <laughs> And I walked around the barrel and I, you know, I stopped and backed her up a few times and let her know, like, you can't do this in a walk. And, and, you know, she went on to win the round, but it was because she was tired. And, you know, I, I think tired horses win. So that's my, that's my philosophy. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And tell us just a little bit kind of how that rodeo year went. And then, you know, the finals, obviously your sister, um, Janae, had won the world before so you guys not just her but you know had a lot of um knowledge I guess since you were just the first time on the rodeo road for real and you know she she had won the world did she kind of help plan your path or was it just kind of if you kept winning you kept going you kept winning you kept going and if we're getting really down into it Janae my mother (laughs) No, knew went you know went too, but she knew how to enter, and she knew the routes to take, and I'm pretty sure she entered for Janae too, and um, I you know she calls and called and entered for me and knew exactly where where to go. So um, I let mom handle that. Oh, awesome! Had had a whole team behind you. Yes. And how was the finals with Reddy and um? You know, obviously she got stronger. They're not like stronger as in better the further on it went. Um, But kind of how was like the finals experience to be able to say, you made it, cool. (laughs) Now you can go back to fraternity horses. 
yeah, that, that's about how it went. <laughs> I made it <laughs> awesome, but um, it was great to get the home bred, raised, trained horse there and, you know, have Yuri Wardbell horses there. Um, I did ride Wolfie, um, Namdis D15 there one round, and, and he did well. Uh, it was great. And, but like at the time I'm, it was, it was wonderful. I mean, I was on cloud nine. I was there. I'd done the best that I could do. She, everybody knows she had a big ordeal round four and we brought it back down and got, you know, got a round 10 win. And, but that was just it. Like, instead of signing autographs one day, you know, I went out and Wrote, wrote her and made her tired and we came back and did and got stronger but she had she had to be tired so that was you know it's 2022 now and that was four years ago and I feel like the time has passed in life everybody's you know life has moved on and that was great but there's other big goals that I have and that was in my life and I'm so glad that I did it but I have other priorities now. You know, we kind of touched base on that, but, um, you know, I do want to circle back a little bit because now you have two little kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And, I mean, I always think, like, I only have one, but we were just talking last night, like, the amount of free time I felt like I had before him. Like, I don't know what I did with all my free time. (laughs) Because now there's, like, no time when you have kids. So how do you handle the cults and the kids and like you said just kind of the balancing of it all it's hard it's so hard um i have a good family bottom line Mm -hmm. we all meet here luckily marcus is in school now and it helps marley i send her to a little mother's day out program three days a week and i can get more done that way but my mom is here my grandmother is here you know, I have two sisters. Sometimes they all, you know, they all come up to the barn and play in the dirt. And you just make it work. You don't have choice. Do they show any interest in the horses in wanting to ride? Or are they still just being little, little kids? But, yeah, they are still being just little. Marcus, he loves to come to the barn. He's an outside kid through and through and all boy. And he loves to ride. Um uh, but he's also loves baseball and he's a little wrestler and he likes to do that too. So it's not one or the other. He can, he can do it all. We'll figure out what he likes best. So we're going to, we're going to see you as the baseball bomb too. Going to go to the oh, yeah. barrel races and oh, the baseball yeah. games. Absolutely. We always have a couple questions from our listeners, and obviously we talked about Reddy. Um, but what were some of your other, you know, favorite horses or horses that taught you the most throughout your career? Wolfie. Tell us about <laughs> Wolfie, because he's still winning today, right, with your niece? Yes, Chasley and him still are at it. Um, he's, uh, he's probably what you know people call your heart horse and i know he's now chasley's um he started my career um i i guess i'm gonna get a little emotional about this um i just i love him so much he's he's been in the same stall for nine years up there and he loves it and he has his little path you know wore down and 
he's he's so big he's so big and little chasley's 74 pounds and he just she's a little flea on his back but he continues to win and you know he's he's well i guess he's 13 this year and um again you know you still have to put the respect back and tune him every once in a while but he's the most kind animal and i guess i will okay i'll tell you this this is a really cool story I had a buyer for Wolfie, and he didn't vet check. And it was the first full crop that I ever got from Namgus. And I said, I called Mr. Sigmund, and I said, Mr. Sigmund, you know, he's not going to vet check. What are we going to do with him? He said, bring him back to the ranch. My son will work cattle on him. And I thought, oh, no, you know. And, and I mean, immediately I was like, oh, no, Mr. Sigmund. I said, he's just got so many more years left. I said, and we can't, you know, Hondo's really hot and he loves his fan in the summer, you know. And <laughs> and he laughed at me and he said, well, then how about you just having? And I will never take that for granted from Mr. Sigmund. And Mr. Sigmund passed last year and. Um, he had just, he's given me so much of an opportunity to can, can, you know, to do what I love, but that horse up there has more meaning than any possession that I own. So that's Wolfie. <laughs> he's still here and he'll be buried here. That's incredible. I didn't, I did not know that about him and that you guys own him now and. Yes. He just, I love watching his runs with Chasley on Facebook. Like, they're, it's so cool to see him win with, like you said, that little girl on his back. And Yes, yes. And he loves her. And that's what we want. That's awesome. Um, And what are, uh, I know it's probably hard, but what were some of your favorite runs that you've had in your career? Oh, round 10 of the NFR. <laughs> it was great. Um, one that sticks out was Nampa, Idaho. I hold the arena record there, but I think they actually changed the arena last year and it's different now. But that was another one of those things that came off the 4th of July run and did awful. I mean, awful. And I was just, you got to be kidding me. And I rode her twice that day and put a still nose combination on her and thought you are not getting away with anything. And she ran in there and just killed them and that was you know one of those things where it was like i'm what i'm doing to prepare for these runs you know i've, I've got to get back to my roots and to my base on this mare and that you know it, it, it humbles you and, and then you get right back up on top but um another run was austin and i hit a barrel and i'll never forget it i was sitting in there and it was you know it's the beginning of the year like it is you know, i guess it's going on now so March and uh, it was that point where mom said are you the one to do this or you don't are we going to do it are we not you need to let me know and I said and you know I you know I'd hit a girl to be placed in and it, I mean I was just like oh my goodness you know the world had ended at that point <laughs> at that moment and she and she set me down and I was like what's in her and that was the turning point for me that year it was like, okay, we're going to do this because up until that point, we just had a good mare and we were going to hit some of the, you know, hit some of the winter rodeos. So even though I'd hit a barrel, it was a defining moment that year. The the driving point of like, okay, let's get serious. Yes. 
Yes. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because another one of the questions that we always get is um, just about mental toughness and how, you know, you can have a really good horse, you can be a really good jockey, but like the mental toughness aspect is what sets apart, you know, the consistent winners and the winners at the rodeos and everybody else. So how, how do you work on your mental toughness or, you know, stay in the game even through the ups and downs? I think with age things have changed a little bit for me but as far as mental toughness you know when you're winning it's great but you have a choice every day when you get up and that's a switch that some people flip and some people don't and that's your choice and you've heard it a thousand times but you have a choice when you wake up every day you know to be in a good mood and find the good things about your life and the blessings and thank God for those things and, and move on with a smile on your face. And sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. And, 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 you know, it is what it is. But as far as mental toughness, I'm not real. It's I'm pretty black or white there. I'm not real into, Hey, we've got to listen to a motivational podcast or a book or audio book to get me motivated. That's not how I work. I get up every morning and you have to create good habits. I'm all about good habits. Um, they can make or break you. And in order for me to have the mental toughness to do what I do, because there are days that I want to break with a five and a two-year-old. Absolutely break. And I fail daily. But by the grace of God, I get up the next morning and I have the choice to flip the switch. So... In order to create good habits, the system of good habits is my preparation. And my, you know, those habits create my preparation in order to get ready for each and every run. And when you're going down the alley, it doesn't matter if you've had the worst day of your life. You are in that moment and you have one job to do and is to do the best that you can do. And so everything else has to go away for about 20 seconds. And you, have to, and you have to know that the habits and the preparation that you have made to get to that point in that alley when they're calling your name is exactly what you needed to do to be the winner, to be a winner. And that to me, that's the difference in a winner and a loser. Good habits. I think that's the best mental toughness response I've ever got. Cool. <laughs> that, that was I mean that that's just so true that you know if if you prepare right you should be, know that you know you did everything you could and go out there and just do your job yeah the best the best thing that my mom ever told me and I have used it with my own kids even even as young as they are and she said Kylie She's told me two things, and I know one came from my granddad. And he said, and she told me, she said, you work for your horse when you were on the ground, and they work for you when you were on their back. So I have to do everything that I know to do and on the ground for that horse to make them want to do their job for me when I'm on their back. And then she tells me, you can only do the best you can do. And it was the most simple statement, 
but I literally live by it. You can only do the best you can do. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. I love it. I love it. And I think our listeners will too. Um, I guess tell us a little bit about, you know, those, those habits or, you know, how often you ride. Do you have a, you know, kind of set routine that you go through with your training? Um, that type of stuff. I ride every day. And some days I ride longer than others. And some days, honestly, I may have errands to run in the afternoon and I'm still trying to go pick up kids and at certain times and I may get to ride two or three hours a day and that's it. And that's fine, but I have to make the most out of those three hours. So, you know, I get up here and Cassie and I clean stalls and we have our 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 downtime basically clearing stalls and we and we get to chat about our evenings with our families and I you know people hate cleaning stalls but I I don't because um, I get to do it with my sister and we get to talk but um that's just a habit you know you get up here you know you have to do that and you're being productive and as long as I'm productive then I know you know and they say you make that horse one percent better every day my granddad would say did you make him 20 worth 25 dollars more today yes sir you know i did and that's the mind frame and the mindset that i have when i come to the barn as far as colts go everybody's at a different pace i've got some that i can ride outside in those 40 mile an hour wind today and then there's some that i wouldn't even dare and you have to know your horse and that's just time that's time with your those individual horses as far as routine goes, like, it's, it's you know, we've talked about Ready, and her, her routine is just on point every time. She gets saddled at least two hours early. Um, I've wrapped her legs countless times, but I know when I wrap her legs that she thinks she's better than me. <laughs> and, and she gets a little high on herself, and then I have too much horse. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to wrap your legs today, you know. <laughs> and it's funny, like, you know, they all have their own personalities. And, and it's, I think as horse, horsemen and horse people, we, we all probably give our horses their individual personalities. But I'm like, I, you know, I just can't take too good a care of her. She's going to think too much of herself. Um, and then, you know, on Friday, if I'm going somewhere on Saturday, I may ride her for 15 minutes and tune her and put the good run back in and then go to the barrel race. But um, just routines, routines and good habits. I love it. I love it. Um, what are some things that you have to have in your trailer when you go somewhere? Hmm. Is there anything specific like you would not leave home without? I have one bit that is new actually and I know for a fact that it doesn't matter what horses I have in the trailer that if I had forgotten everything and I had that one bit I would be just fine and can make do and it's a new JNC bit and they've made it for ready and I wrote it on everything from three-year-olds to ten-year-olds this last week and it's my new favorite and I think uh, that's probably what I would have in my trailer and they'll release it in a couple of weeks. And I, I, I can't tell you all about it yet, but well, that's uh, exciting. That'll be exciting uh, to watch for. Yes. And then, 
No, you know, you could, if you had forgotten everything and you went somewhere, you could borrow a saddle, you could borrow boots, you, you know, I'm trying to think what I absolutely have to have. I do love my oxygen fluidity. I always have like three deals of that in my trailer. Um, no, I can, you know, I can make do, I can rough it pretty good with the best of them. I love that too. Um, we won't keep you much longer. I, I know you're busy and it's a, a spare hour to talk on the phone as a mom and a horse trainer is like a rare thing. So I appreciate you giving us your time. Um, but tell us a little bit about what, you know, the, the future looks like for, you know, your horses and what your thoughts are about the industry and how it's evolved over the past couple years. My plans are to be the best mom I can be. That's the first, that's my priority. Um, keep God first. You have to do that no matter what. If God's first, your, your marriage is, your marriage has got a chance. Your, your kids got a chance. Your horse has got a chance. And that's something my grandmother has always told me. You keep God first, everything will fall into place. I just, you know, sometimes that's hard to remember, um, but he's, he's graceful and he gives grace and, and I can talk to him anytime I want and he knows, you know, he knows how to help me through things. And as far as the industry goes and it's wonderful, there's, there's so much money in this industry these days and things are changing and the girls that put in the work, you know, there's new tournament style rodeos and everything. People are going to have their, their doubts and everything about certain things. But, you know, those girls that get into those big rodeos, they put in the work and to get into those big rodeos, and they deserve to be there. And if you want to be at them, then you got to put in the work, and that's just for everything in life. you got to put in the work, and you got to surround yourself with positive people and put God first. And I try to live by that. Awesome. What horses do you have in your trailer right now? I have a five-year-old fraternity cult, um, Six Moons Flaming, that my grandparents bought just before my granddad passed, and um, we love him. Um, big O, Palomina Gildan. He did well at Stephenville. He's placed the dairy fraternity he's gone to, and we expect big things out of him. I've uh, and then I've got some Namgus Colts. I've got Chongo's full brother in the trailer, and he's great. And they're just—I got a good group of Colts this year, and I got more coming up. And of course, Ready right now is at the breeding farm, but she's always going to be in my trailer when I get to go somewhere. Awesome. We'll we'll wrap up with um, one of my favorite questions, and it is: What but belt buckle? do you wear or what's your favorite belt buckle that you've won uh i wear my rise uh the rising star scotty flit rising star um buckle set that i won that ready one at the nfr it's not a big buckle it's a buckle set so it's really pretty but it doesn't hang over the horn oh cool and and yeah, what and a special award to have. Like there's not there's not very many of those out there. So that's really cool. Exactly, exactly. And um it's it's beautiful and it's just my favorite and you know, my peers voted on that at the NFR and that was that was a really really cool thing to be noticed for. 
That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kylie. I'm so thankful that we had a chance to talk and hopefully we can see you around soon. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Well, that wraps up this week. Thank you to Kylie for taking time out of her jam-packed schedule to talk with us. Don't forget to check out Fortitude Equine and use code MONEYBARREL10 at checkout for 10% off your first order. Head on over to the Money Barrels Patreon page and subscribe today for access to bonus content, early release episodes, and more. All right, everyone. Run fast. Be safe. We'll see you soon.